You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening? Welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Wednesday, February the 10th, and the Pistons apparently only beat the great teams. This is your boy Matt Shook, the host of the Locked On Pistons podcast, a sports writer here in Detroit City covering sports gambling for PlayMichigan.com, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life just like you guys, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Whether you're a pro athlete, an exhausted parent, or you spend all day in an office chair, CBMD wants to give you the support you need to make it through the day. CBD Freeze and Recover are an outstanding duo of topical products with specialized formulas to provide targeted relief where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try Freeze, Recover, and every other CBDMD product, you can take 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word about the Lockdown Pistons podcast today. Of course, talking about the win, number six against another damn good team for the Detroit Pistons. We're feeling good in downtown Detroit today. We've got the details from Tuesday night's game. I'm also going to tell you why this was the Troy Weaver game. That's right, Jalen Rose on the sidelines checking out Troy Weaver and the rebuild of the Detroit Pistons and why it's going pretty damn well so far. Two dams early in the show, PG-13. Also got a few thoughts about a big Pistons fan later on in the show as well. But give me a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore for that. Also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account. And check us out on Facebook at Locked on Pistons dash Matt Shook. Give me a follow to show contributor extraordinaire, B Shook 12. That's right, Brother Brian. You can find him on Twitter if you dare. And then check out the Play Michigan Twitter account as well. Play underscore Michigan. But the Pistons get the win on Tuesday night against James Harden and Kyrie Irving, two future Hall of Famers in their near prime. Good to see. Good to talk about. Glad it's happening. Pistons are 6 and 18. Here's Brother Brian with the details. This is your Pistons game recap. End of the Laker game, the overtime's included. So Dwayne Casey going back to the well here. Jeremy Grant for three, and it's through. Nice. The Pistons halted a four-game losing skid by beating the Brooklyn Nets 122-111 Tuesday night at Little Caesars Arena to go to 6-18 on the season. The Pistons were hot right out of the gate, and although Brooklyn did close the gap to just two in the fourth quarter, Detroit never let the Nets get past them on their way to their best night shooting the basketball of the season at 56%. For the second straight game, Jeremy Grant tied a career high with 32 points and also grabbing five rebounds and four assists, while also for the second straight game, DeLon Wright 
Wright scored 22, this time grabbing four rebounds and a team-leading nine assists. Mason Plumlee grabbed his fifth double-double of the season with a very active 14 points, a team-leading 12 rebounds, while also tossing seven dimes, blocking three shots, and grabbing two steals. Sadiq Bey was a perfect six for six from the floor, including three for three from deep on his way to 15 points off the bench, while Josh Jackson scored in double digits for the fifth straight game. The Nets were without all-world forward Kevin Durant, but they still had plenty of firepower as James Harden and Kyrie Irving combined for 51, Harden getting a double-double of his own while grabbing six rebounds to go along with his 24 points and game-high 12 assists. Kyrie Irving also had seven assists. Jeff Green and Landry Shamit were the only other Nets to score in double digits, although former Piston Bruce Brown kept the Nets in the game for a stretch when he got hot and scored eight points, a team-high nine rebounds, and four steals in his return to Detroit. Detroit easily covered the bet online plus five and a half point spread, and the over came in on what was the biggest game number of the year for the Pistons at 228.5. Detroit will welcome in the Pacers for the first meeting of the year on Thursday night in a game that will start at 8 p.m. on Fox Sports Detroit and 104.3 WOMC. This has been your Pistons Game Recap. WOMC, that's right, the Pistons on the oldie station coming up on Thursday night. Such a young team, I bet, uh, I don't know who's the lead in. Oldie stations are always sad when you get to my age because it's like, I kind of like that song when I was growing up and now it's on the oldie station. There's an oldies old-timer joke for you to to, to welcome the Pistons into the WOMC era. But anyway, Pistons 6-18 on the season right now. Tied for last place in the NBA with an identical Minnesota Timberwolves record. The Washington Wizards also have six wins, but they only have 15 losses, so they're three games short in the loss column. So, yeah, that's concerning, of course. But you know what? We love these kind of wins. We love taking down teams that have a chance of winning the NBA championship. What do we got? Uh, The Suns, the Celtics, the Lakers, the Heat, the Nets, and I'm forgetting one. I knew I'd forget one. The 76ers, of course. That is the six wins that the Pistons have right now, sitting pretty in Tankathon as it goes. We know the schedule will soften up in the second half of the season, and we'll see how that all works out. But as you know me, it was emotional to see Bruce Brown out there. But, yes, it was good to see him kind of keep the Nets in the game there in the second and the third quarters, show his worth without being a dominant scorer by any stretch of the imagination, and really without Kevin Durant in the lineup. This is a Nets team that – clearly is those three guys, right? It's Irving, it's Harden, and it's Kevin Durant. And then you have a couple of the Bruce Brown types that have a very specific skill set that they have and a lot of things that they cannot do as well. Jeff Green's the hit-or-miss kind of guy. Joe Harris, a very specific skill in his shooting. DeAndre Jordan with the uh, the rebounding and the block shots. And uh, really the 80% field goal percentage, amazing there. But, uh, yeah, just a bunch of guys. They need. They obviously need all three of those guys to be healthy to be a good team. And when they are, all three of them going and healthy, this is going to be a very good team. This is the most talented team in the Eastern Conference. I would still say that the Bucks, given that the, the atrocious Brooklyn defense, that the Bucks are still my pick to win the East at this point. But, uh, you know, no reason to make official picks right now. But, uh, yeah, nice win for the Detroit Pistons there. Good to... Get uh, get one after that four-game skid out west. Still got some tough games coming up here with the uh, Indiana Pacers, Boston Celtics, and New Orleans Pelicans. So no designs of the team going on, some sort of prolonged winning streak or anything like that. 
Uh, so, yeah, perfect. It's safe. It's right where you want to be. The Pistons with a couple wins lately, including some surprise wins over Brooklyn and then most recently with the Los Angeles Lakers as well. Now projected to win 22 games this season, 22-50, and 50, and that is tied for the worst record in the NBA with the Washington Wizards. So both the Pistons and the Wizards, 538.com, projected to finish at 22-50. and 50. So the Wizards become that olive green team that we got to keep an eye on here. And then teams like the Minnesota Timberwolves and Cleveland Cavaliers projected to win 25 apiece. The Chicago Bulls, who keep piling up the injuries, Otto Porter already, Ad Lowry Markinen, Wendell Carter already out as well. The entire young front line of the Chicago Bulls, they're all out. A nightmare season for them. You still got the Thunder at 28 wins. They're an atrocious team with not a lot of talent there. The Magic at 28 wins. They're going to finally slide into a rebuild here at some point in the future. I wonder if they got some big moves up their sleeves at the trade deadline to kind of break that down a little bit going into the next couple seasons. So interesting basketball ahead for the Pistons. We got a few weeks. March 25th, reminder, is the trade deadline coming up. Um, and you know, So obviously there's drama built into that in another month or so until we take that week off for the All-Star break, too. So kind of counting down the days on what's going on in this first half. Uh, it's been very entertaining. There are 24 games into the season, about a third the way into the season here uh, for the team. Uh, I guess a little bit less than a third the way, more than a fourth of the way into the season. So very entertaining, but, man, we could see it kind of dragging on a little bit without much to play for. But nights like tonight where you beat a team that is expected to contend for an NBA championship – and, uh, yes, they're minus their best player in Kevin Durant, who's obviously ducking the Detroit Pistons uh, and the way that Jeremy Grant, and we'll talk more about him in a minute, as I believe that this was kind of the, the Troy Weaver game, especially when looking at the back box score. I'll tell you why. That's coming up next here on the Locked on Pistons podcast. But first, this episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times, in Style Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you, all about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only di diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring. They're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone, they are gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people, and with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Pistons get the big win over the Brooklyn Nets on Tuesday night. Six wins against six pretty dang good teams. And I got to tell you, when the uh, schedule came out, looked like a really tough first-half schedule, as we know, but some games really jumped out at me, and it was one of the games I had circled, and I said, uh-oh, Brooklyn's coming in here during a long stretch. This might be a very long stretch of losses coming off that West Coast five-game trip that looks like a five-game losing streak right there. Bruce Brown's starting to really 
find his role in Brooklyn alongside some of this era's great players. He's really contributed to like he's contributing to a great team, like I figured he would in his ways. And uh, I just kind of said, oh no, you know, I don't want to antagonize the listeners of Locked On Pistons. I don't want to alienate the fan base and say uh, bad things about the Pistons all the time. Don't want to yell about the off season over and over again. Why did we trade Bruce for nothing? Um, and to be clear, that's that's still my belief that that was a bad singular trade and transaction. But we had Christian Wood come in here a couple weekends ago with the uh, Houston Rockets. But guess what? He didn't play because of an injury that's flared up once again. This is an ankle sprain. Could be longer-ish term. Evaluated on a weekly basis is where it's at right now officially. That would be a tough pill to swallow if this was happening here in the red, white, and blue and the Pistons uniform at $14 million on a rebuilding team. You got Canard. He signs the big deal before the season starts, $65 million. Again, um, I still don't love the value plays of a couple of these deals. I get that, and, I, and I've made myself very clear. But this, on Tuesday night, was to me a bit of a crescendo in, in the bow that general manager Troy Weaver has to be taking so far in the faces of people like me who are very critical about his offseason. Let's da- let's run down the, the big performers for the Pistons on Tuesday night in this win. We'll start at the bottom of the double-digit guys for points. Mason Plumley, 14-12, 7 assists, 7 for 10 from the field. Is he a viable starter for a real NBA team? No. But is he fine as a stopgap? Uh, he's just fine for a stopgap starting center for what this team is going to be going through this year and next after that, he's in the third year, um, and hopefully he doesn't have any injuries that, that hurt his value from now until then. But, you know, he could probably move up to that backup level at $8 million on an expiring in that third year, and uh, you can deal with that. You might be able to trade him next year right now, or you could maybe even get rid of him this deadline if someone needs a center badly and you're willing to take back neutral value. I don't know why you'd sign a guy for three years and take back neutral value basically for him. But uh, I don't expect that to happen. But next year, sure, I think you might be able to sign him, again, provided he's healthy and still uh, productive at age 32. And then at 33, he's expiring. You'll figure it out from there. Um, I Credit to Weaver for identifying some good traits there with Mason Plumley And the, the negative traits, the lack of rim protection, that helps you lose, right? I think it was Hal Bregis on Pistons Twitter that uh, made the point about Okafor and Plumley. Sometimes it's a uh, it's it's not a bug; it's a feature. When sometimes the process or the, the the parts don't look quite right, but when Okafor and Mason Plumley, who were going to get minutes on this team, when they can't protect the rim and teams are going and scoring pretty easily uh, on at the rim there, which we know is very important in the NBA. Maybe it's a feature and not a bug that they're not very good at protecting the rim. Maybe that's one of the built-in ways that not only you lose basketball games, kind of a tank, uh, a, a covert tank in some ways, but also you know, kind of trains your defensive players that, hey, if you get beat on the perimeter, if you're letting guys drive by like Dwayne Casey's teams did in these first two years of him at the helm, not no fault to his. That's just an individual not being able to, to play one-on-one defense, and, and we know it's almost impossible a lot of times in the NBA, but you got to do it sometimes, and if you don't have a good rim protector, if you don't have Ben Wallace cleaning up your mistakes behind you like he did so many times, as we know, of a fan base, then that kind of trains you that you better be good at this because Mason Plumlee's not going to bail you up. It's more of a bug than a feature, I think, that those guys are not good at what they're not good at. 
Uh, moving on, 15 and 13, respectively, off the bench for Sadiq Bay, who had an amazing fourth quarter when things getting a little bit tight there with the Nets. And then Josh Jackson as well. Talents identified by Troy Weaver. The pedigree in Sadiq Bay that they're looking for from Villanova, professional, uh, a guy that does a lot of things that you're looking for on an NBA court. The character in Bay, the talent in Josh Jackson, um, handing off kind of the maturity and the personal development project to Coach Casey and his staff to see if he can kind of meld that in the right direction. Going very well so far. Uh, we know how good Isaiah Stewart has been. He wasn't didn't have the most impactful game on Tuesday night in this individual one, but he did have that monster block, showed off the capabilities, showed off what, the electricity, what we're all excited about as a Pistons fan base. He nailed the first three-pointer of his career as well from the top of the key. How about DeLon Wright? 22 and 9 assists. He is really coming on after a brutal start to the year. Answering the bell right now of being really the only viable ball handler on the roster right now. And look, I know that a lot of this has to do with the fact that you just played the worst defensive team in the NBA. Maybe the worst defensive team that we've seen in a long time. And I am very skeptical that that holds up to a long, long, long playoff run in terms of an NBA championship. But these guys are... One of the better teams, we still have to give credit where credit is due with a lot of these guys. And speaking of credit where credit is due, the main course, the filet mignon of Troy Weaver's offseason, Jeremy freaking Grant, my God, 32 points again, smooth as a baby's bottom right now. It looks effortless, 11 of 19 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3. I can't get enough of this guy. I hope you guys are there too. I'm uh, getting together with some of my friends at the Super Bowl over the weekend. These are sports fans that are less than casual Pistons fans, I'll say right now, because you know people aren't are watching the Pistons. They, they are out on this team after what we've seen and gone through as a fan base these past 10, 12 years. I don't blame these guys, but I'm singing the praises of Jeremy Grant. I'm like, this guy might make an all-star team, maybe multiple all-star teams. He might be the second best player on a very good team someday. And, you know, but the way Troy Weaver is building this thing, that might be sooner than we possibly think. This might be two seasons from now, talking about getting into the playoffs and uh, having a couple of really nice chips in the draft as well. Nights like tonight really show the vision. We are, again, we are. this might be a parody. Uh, another third into the season, we get to the two-thirds. Maybe it's all kind of gone to hell. But uh, that's not the issue tonight. Not the issue today. We are one-third the way in the season. Things can change in a bad way. And, again, I don't agree with every move that was made. I won't ever agree with some of the fine print, uh, final details and some of the deals. But big picture, first of all, and second of all, some of the talent discovery, some of the culture plays and selections of this front office, and when I say this front office, I basically mean general manager Troy Weaver. Uh, man, really pretty impressive stuff. And I'll say it right now. A lot of you have been throwing it out there, too. And I'll say it right now. In Troy, we trust. In Troy, I trust. In Troy, the Locked on Pistons trust. Um, man, it looks like he's done a hell of a job tearing this thing down in the right ways. And I'm excited to see what he has cooked up next for us with this Detroit Pistons franchise. An exciting future to look ahead to. But up next, let's talk about a big Pistons fan that we're remembering today. That's coming up next here on the Locked on Pistons podcast.
But first, it's Bang the Over Brother Brian, and you know what I'm here to talk to you about. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is a few months away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first big board of the year out with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Now, talking about this kind of stuff is a bummer, and I only qualify that because I feel like we've done it so much lately. I don't want to bring you guys down all the time. I try to make this as good of a feel-good podcast and time together that we have here, but there's just so much sadness and grief. And on Tuesday here to the Michigan sports community and the NFL community and the whole sports community, we had uh, so uh, another dose of it. Uh, I mean, over the weekend you had Pedro Gomez of ESPN.com passed away, and then there was another NFL Network reporter, NFL.com reporter that passed away as well. But um, on Tuesday I wanted to talk for a minute here about my friend Therese Paler who passed away on Tuesday. Therese was just about my age. He was 37 and a Detroiter. A Michigander, just like a lot of you guys, most of you guys. Therese, if you didn't know, he was a national NFL writer for Yahoo Sports online. He got hired for that job a few years back after working for a long time uh, right out of college at Howard for the Kansas City Star. He was a sports reporter there then became the uh, Kansas City Chiefs beat writer after a bit there. So, uh, And he was, again, about my age, worked in sports writing. He went to U of D Jesuit. Um, I was up in the suburbs at Royal Oak Kimball. Didn't know him. Didn't even meet him until he was in Kansas City already. And I moved down from Port Huron, Michigan to a paper in Springfield, Missouri to cover high school sports down there. And he was uh, part of his job or most of his job at that time, uh, about 10 years ago now when I met him, was to cover high school sports for the Kansas City Star. So when you cover high schools in the same state, you see the same group of mostly guys at the state finals that are covering all this stuff. You're all staying in hotels. You all got the per diem, or the expense reports. You go out to dinners and stuff, have a couple drinks. It's really kind of a fun group. I miss those times, to be honest. Um, of course, we miss getting together with anyone in these particular times. But uh, you haggle with each other about the all-state teams. There's a lot of egos involved, a lot of testosterone in this group, um, a lot of grumpy older guys too. But me and Therese were both young guys in, in our late 20s. And uh, we get to talk and come to find out we're both from here. We're both big Detroit sports fans, and we're also away from home. So we're, we're, we're missing having someone to talk about our teams with. Therese was one of the biggest Detroit sports fans I have ever met. Um, and st- we stayed in a little bit of touch over the years after uh, I moved away from Missouri to the Virgin Islands. But when I moved to Chicago and started hosting this podcast and then covering the team a little bit, he was suddenly really interested in getting my thoughts. So we became even better friends after that, uh, texting a lot. Uh, I ran into him last at uh, Lions training camp before last year when I was covering it for the news. He was in town 
for Yahoo. Um, but yeah, he, he covered the Chiefs and then the NFL, and he always wanted to talk Pistons. He he wanted to know what I thought, what the inside scoop was. He wanted to get his thoughts out there. Uh, and I think he wanted me to say some stuff on the podcast or co- color his opinions into mine or something like that. He loved the going to work era. Talked about Chauncey all the time. He was frustrated, just like all you guys were, and all myself and everyone else was with the last decade. And um, the last time we texted, I remember uh, we talked about this a little uh, on this podcast already. Uh, it was just kind of a whirlwind night, and that was when free agency opened. And we didn't really expect all that much. We expected re-sign Christian Wood, um, but man, the 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 uh, the floodgates opened up for the Pistons that night. And I was just kind of collecting my thoughts. I knew it was a Friday night. Going to do an emergency podcast with Brother Brian here. Went for a walk on, in downtown Detroit after the Plumlee and the Okafor signings. Figuring out what was happening with Christian Wood. I'm walking and checking Twitter while I'm walking here. And while I'm on my walk is when the Jeremy Grant signing was announced. And after that happened, the first person I heard from was Therese. And, and, and I look back at that message today. And the, the first message that he sent to me after it happened, it just said, bro. That was it, just bro. So we went back and forth a few times about it. Uh, we both said, and I read this tonight, we both really like Jeremy Grant, but we don't understand what the vision is. Is this a rebuild? What's going on? Um, and this is this guy in Therese who knew how to identify Detroit DNA because he had it. Sam Mellinger of the Kansas City Star is one of the best sports writers and columnists in America. He wrote this great piece on Tuesday that you should check out at kcstar.com in tribute to Therese on Tuesday, just about how he was, you know, a little bit rough around the edges at first, but he was willing to work. He was willing to cover the girls swimming and the soccer, the things that maybe he didn't want to do, but he had a plan and was willing to work. And, uh, and this guy became one of the nation's foremost experts on football. And it wasn't just because he was a cool guy to be around. It wasn't just because he was fun. It wasn't just because he, he, he was someone you wanted to kind of be around. It's because he put in the work in the offseason. Um, he, he studied the offensive line stuff. He studied all the X's and O's, the things that a lot of people don't do. Um, you don't just go into locker rooms and be a cool guy to get the respect of the football coaches, NFL players, assistants, agents, all that stuff. They noticed in there that he knew his stuff. Here's a tweet today from Mitchell Schwartz, Super Bowl champion last year and still on the team, uh, tackle for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, reacting to Therese's death. He says, man, this sucks. Therese was an awesome guy. He was genuine, enthusiastic, and always wished us the best. He always asked good questions to learn more about the game. He was constantly striving for knowledge, especially about offensive line play and the intricities within. So sad to hear this, end quote there. Again, Therese, this is a guy who literally studied film. He broke it down. He became a student of the game and then an expert of the game. This stuff is not fun, right? But the fun stuff comes later. And the things that you know, myself, I probably haven't done enough in my career, the things that mediocre people don't do, we don't do the unpleasant things enough that pay off in the pleasant things later, the promotions, the rewards, the jobs, the, the house, whatever it is, right? Therese did all that. He worked as the quintessential Detroiter, he put in the time and the effort to become the best, and he was the best at what he did. And that's why everyone in the football world is remembering him fondly. And also, of course, as, as a great guy too. And there's another lesson there in treating people the right way, make people feel good, and uh, use your sense of humor. Use your, your personality to reach people, to connect with people, and be thinking about how you want to be remembered. And... Um, 
it's just some of the thoughts that are kind of scattering around my mind as I think about another person that you know has been important to me in a small way or a medium way as I think back about the guys we've talked about in this past year whether it's Jim Weimer, Jamie Samuelson, others that we have lost during this year um just wanted to kind of share some of that stuff with you guys today. So way too young, rest in peace to Therese Paler and um hopefully we can all take some of those lessons and throw them into our own lives. But that wraps up this edition of Lockdown Pistons. I'm your host, Matt Shook. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Rejecting the Screen. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.